Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. Monday starts the Republican National Convention in the U.S. Of course, their response to the Democratic Convention this past week. They're expecting uh, key speakers. Obviously, Donald Trump will speak at the end of the convention, but Melania Trump will speak, Mike Pence, Donald Trump Jr., Ivanka Trump, and the uh, Republicans will make their case that their party is the one that should stay in power for another four years. And that is exactly what the Democrats did this past week as they uh, had a number of people speaking all week long uh, during their virtual conferences, including, of course, a rousing speech at the end by Joe Biden, now the Democratic presidential candidate. To talk about that, Steve Oaken, the senior advisor at McClarty Associates, and Patricia Reed, a technology consultant and part of the Global Democrats Abroad organization. Uh, good morning to you both. Welcome to Money FM. Thanks so much, Happy to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you both on. And Steve, why don't we start with you? Give us a wrap on on how you felt the Democratic Convention went. There were certain themes they wanted to get out and and a certain tone that they wanted to present. How did it go? I think the Democrats achieved their mission. They wanted to inspire their base to vote, focusing on the nearly 13 million people who voted for Barack Obama but did not vote for Hillary Clinton, especially younger voters black voters. And and they really hit those messages great with both Bernie Sanders and Michelle Obama leading the charge there. They wanted to show independents and non-Trump Republicans that Biden can bring the country together. They did that. They reached across the aisle and, and the video with John McCain really did that. They united the party. There was very little dissension, almost no dissension between AOC, you know, and Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren on one side and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris on the other. Everybody came together. They prosecuted the case against Donald Trump and they showed what a dire situation the United States is in with its economy in a shambles and the coronavirus, you know, racing to 200,000 deaths. So the Democrats did what they needed to do and should feel proud about themselves. Patricia Reed, as we all watched this virtual convention, a very different experience. Do you feel like the, the energy and the sincerity came through in our what was a highly unusual type of political convention for the U.S.? Yeah, it was it was very nerve wracking, to be honest, because nobody (laughs) knew how it was going to go, because everyone's used to this giant stadium and everyone being in one arena with all this energy, which is fantastic. And that's what we're used to. So obviously moving to something where we're going, for example, in the roll call where you go state by state, they really changed from one state to the next, moving from one person to the next. But actually, it was such a wonderful perspective mm. of the diversity of the United States because you, you got to see everything from the Native American Democratic representative in Idaho casting his votes for Biden and Sanders. You know, they, they, they cast a proportion of, for each. And then you move to Rhode Island and you see the, the representative casting the votes for Rhode Island mm. with a chef standing next to him with a big tray of calamari <laughs> saying, our fishermen are suffering. Eat more Rhode Island calamari. It's uh. the best in the world. So it was actually just really refreshing, and they really pulled it off. It was wonderful. And like Steve said, there was really an appeal for people to get out and vote, which was the overarching message. But we also had a lot of Republicans who were highlighting Governor Gretchen Whitmer early on and, of course, a number of others. Uh, sorry, yeah. some of the names are escaping me. Kasich and, and others, yes. Was that important to have Republicans say that, you know, first of all, come on the convention and secondly, say that they were going to vote Democratic this year? Or does that not matter so much given the base that was already watching the convention? 
Well, you know, the, the, the issue is that when you ask people what they care about right now, the first issue is the economy. The second issue is they want somebody who can bring the country together. That is the second most important issue to voters. And showing the whole spectrum, not just the left, but also, you know, moderates in the right, and Kasich, and Cindy McCain, and Governor Christie Todd Whitman, and all the, and, and Secretary of State Colin Powell, all these Republicans saying, I'm with Joe because he's going to bring the country together. That is the message people want right now. And so it is important to have those voters. And also, for every Republican who voted for Trump, who votes for Biden, Donald Trump has to pick up two new voters just to break even. And so getting those voters to vote for Biden is also important for the Democrats. So it is part of their strategy. It's not nearly as important as getting those Democrats who didn't vote for Hillary to come back and vote for Biden. But it is a, an important part of the narrative. Speaking with Steve Oaken, a senior advisor at McClarty Associates, and Patricia Reed, part of the Global Democrats Abroad organization. Patricia, we saw a couple of very unusual speeches, and that was by the former first lady and the former president, Michelle and Barack Obama, who very pointedly came out and criticized a sitting president, which is something that is not often done. What was the impact of that? It it made a splash across media, both conservative and liberal media, that they did that. Yeah, I think that they're, what they're focusing on is his performance, and mm-hmm. that, is a, that is a fair thing to do. Any president after four years should be able to be measured on the impact that he's had on the country. Mm-hmm. And in this case, you know, we have almost 200,000 Americans dead because of his mismanagement of a, of a deadly virus. Don't get me wrong, just like Hillary Clinton always says, I wish Trump the absolute best when he won. I wasn't happy about it, but it's very important to my country that we have a functional president that's able to effectively run our country. We don't have that right now. And that is what the president and the former first lady really focused on. And they also focused on, you know, get out and vote. And to that end, I would like to ask your listeners if they have American friends only 208,000 Mer- Americans out of 3 million in 2016 abroad voted, mm. which is 7%. It's, it's horrible. So if they have an American friend, check if they're voting because odds are they're not and send them to votefromabroad.org. We need everyone's help to ensure that we can get ourselves a president in place that is really going to get our country back on track for you know the better of the men of the world. Steve Oaken, we saw a number of the former challengers in this race get up and speak. Obviously, there was Bernie Sanders, Pete Buttigieg, and Elizabeth Warren. Pretty much all of them said something during the course of the, of the convention. Was it surprising to you that they were actually very pro Biden? They really came out in strongly in support of him. Typically, some of the guys that are not the winners in the in the contest don't always come out as favorably as they did during this convention. You know, and that's a little bit where the virtual convention played into the into the strengths of what the Democrats wanted to accomplish, because one, you could orchestrate all of that. And two, you could make sure everybody was really on the same message of be, about being united. And that's what Donald Trump has done. I mean, the Democrats are not typically all aligned. It is a very broad party, you know, with uh, between one end of the spectrum mm. and the other. Yet Donald Trump has united the party because he is, is seen by the Democrats, the existential threat to the country. And all of the Democrats need to come together. There have been very bad Democratic conventions, 1980, with the big fight between Jimmy Carter and Ted Kennedy, and, and mm. certainly 1968. 
But this one is Trump unified the party from the outside. Everybody got behind Biden. And so it wasn't surprising because of how the party thinks about Donald Trump. Yeah. And Patricia Reed, as we saw Kamala Harris take the stage, of course, she's, you know, she she is no, she's a known quantity to people. Uh, she's been a, a, a public speaker and a successful one during her career. But this was really her first national stage moment as, as the vice president nominee. How did she do in that speech? What tone did she set? Well, you know, it was interesting because I've I've been watching through the through the primary debates, right? And I was watching Kamala Harris in the debates, and she used a very prosecutorial tone in the debates, kind of angry. And I was like, I wasn't. I was really concerned about her bringing mm. that type of energy to to this new role. But I was delighted to watch her speech and see her bring such energy. I mean, she's clearly. So happy to be there yeah. and be running with Biden. And she's known Biden since way before the primaries when she worked with his son. She clearly has tremendous respect for him. And frankly, the fact that Biden would choose her even after she really challenged him very strongly during the primaries, right. um, the debates, I think it speaks volumes about Biden's character and his ability to really bring people together and, you know, forgive and move move on and look at the at the greater good. She's also, you know, the first African-American, the first Caribbean-American, and the first Southeast East Asian-American to hold the office. So it's really like in one person representing so many different communities and so many different visions of the United States that's really exciting. And it was, it was, it, she was smiling. She was absolutely beaming. So it was really wonderful to have her there. Very interesting. And Steve Oaken, Kamala Harris and also Joe Biden, who gave a very a strong speech, I think most people agree, very much hit on this theme of empathy and relating to the suffering of the American people, whether it was COVID-19 or loss of jobs or or whatever. That is a, a very different posture than president, the current president has taken over these past four years. And how do you think that's going to play? Is that is that what people need and want to hear? And, and I guess probably as we think about moving forward, is, is that going to be something that's going to be derided, uh, do you think, during the Republican convention? Well, of course, it'll be derided during the Republican convention. But, uh, but, but what the Democrats were able to do is, as you had mentioned, with Michelle Obama and Barack Obama making the case against Donald Trump, hitting him extraordinarily hard, it freed up Harris and, and Biden to not have to do that, to, to show that mm. what type of the leaders are they going to be, how empathetic they can be, how they are going to work for all Americans. Not, it's not going to be blue states versus red states. They're going to be elected and work with everybody. And so that's what the Democrats, I mean, look, this was a very strategic decision by the Democrats, by, Ob by Obama, and, and by the Biden-Harris ticket, and I thought it worked very well. And, of course, this is exactly what Trump's going to try and pivot on, is going to say we need, you know, we need a tough person to, to, to fight crime. We need a tough person to make sure that our borders aren't overrun with swarms coming up you know, from, from Central America. Uh, we need somebody who's going to be able to turn the economy around. We need somebody who's tough on China. So, yeah, of course Trump's going to try and, and do that. But um, he's going to have a tougher time after the totality of the Democratic convention. Patricia Reed, are you planning to watch the uh, Republican convention this week? I'll watch I'll watch the snippets. <laughs> I just I, the, the 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 zombie apocalypse 
like vision that he tends to paint. Like in 2018, we had the caravans of immigrants that were going to form. I'm a Texas um, Democrat, right? My parents used to go to the Republican conventions when I was a kid. And just the whole messaging of fear and bile, I, I can't really take it. So I look at the summaries. But one one thing I'd like to highlight, if I could, was during the convention, one of the one of the runaway successes of the convention was this 13 year old boy mm. that they had on. And he started out speaking and you didn't know really why he was there. He's like, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Joe Biden. And you're like, OK, why? Mm. And then you realize that the kid had a stutter and apparently Biden had a stutter and reached out to the boy. And, you know, it's thanks to Biden that the boy now can speak because he wouldn't speak before. But it was just there were so many character witnesses like that that were, you know, ordinary Americans that Joe Biden in one way or another had reached out to um, in his life. And he's known for that. He's known for being incredibly warm, incredibly friendly and having the time to connect with ordinary Americans just on his, you know, train ride to and from work and things like that. So that was very endearing. Steve Ogan, the clearly that there was a that, that theme of caring and empathy that ran through the convention. But, you know, in past elections, it is a fact that negative campaigning wins. Negative campaigning is effective. And when you think of the election cycle in those terms, the Democrats have just finished a very positive, upbeat messaging cycle with their convention and the and the Republicans will likely go the other direction. What does that say about what's going to happen with the actual race over the next month or two months? Well, if you look back in, in history, you can always find races that and, and, and campaigns that are similar. This is going to be very similar to 1988. When, uh, you know, Michael Dukakis left uh, the Democrat convention in Atlanta up 17 points and the Republicans used their convention with Vice President Bush to go after uh, Dukakis on crime. And and they are going to do the same thing against Biden, that there is going to be crime in the cities and there's going to be murders in the cities and our cities are going to burn down um, if you elect Joe Biden and you don't elect. Uh, Donald Trump. So that, that that's the model I think that they're going to file, uh, follow. They're going to turn it on crime. They're going to turn it on race. And it has worked in the past. It doesn't mean it, it's not going to work now. Now, Donald Trump has a record to run on in, and he's got an economy that he's got to defend and he's got a, his, his pandemic response that he's got to defend. So he may not be able to pivot from a referendum to a choice, but he is going to desperately try to make this election a choice and he's going to try and make it a choice on on crime and, and other social issues. We shall see what the Republican convention holds this coming week. In the meantime, thanks to Patricia Reed, part of the Global Democratics Abroad Organization, and Steve Oaken, Senior Advisor at McClarty Associates. I appreciate both of you on today. Thanks, Glenn. Thanks, GVZ. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.